0: Another edition of the Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad. I'm Rocket Ryan Brandt.
1: I am PJ Spiller, a.k.a. Pat Gillick.
0: And I'm Zach from the Mac Sticks Powhida. And he got that nickname last week with our guest, AJ, AJ. Guichardo. But, but he
2: didn't mention it on the uh, on the podcast. No. How, how, talk about how you got that nickname. So my whole life, I uh, played football, and I always had little legs. I was built to be a runner. Um, a little <laughs> foreshadowing there. Um, so I was built to be runner. I was My legs were after my mother, who was a runner. But um, so through uh, high school playing football, I, I worked out very heavily. So I had a huge upper body. My legs were twigs. So my running back coach used to call me Sticks, and uh, it carried on. So the only people that allowed to call me that are my quarterback from high school, AJ, who we had on last week, his father, uh, Pat Cucciardo, and then my running back coach, Coach Willis. So okay. that's how I got the nickname. Okay, Sticks.
0: you didn't say we could call you you
2: you cannot say that you (laughs) call me zach i'm sorry well you can call me son i don't
0: care whatever you like i've (laughs) called you son many times so uh we call you zach from the mac and how's this for a segue we have the mac coach of the year in cross country Mm -hmm. andrea grove mcdonough the head coach of the men's and women's cross country teams along with the track teams coach thanks for joining us
3: thanks for having me excited about it
0: so back-to-back mac championships that's got to be something you're fired up about to, to return this team to glory, which we had about 10 years ago.
3: Yeah, it's been super gratifying and um, we're really excited about it. And um, yeah, I mean, this year felt a little bit different than last year, even though we were favored last year to win, it's, it was a little going to be a little bit tighter and you know, it's the first one. So getting that one out of the way, you know, it feels really good this year. Um, you know, it was equally satisfying, just a different scenario. We we definitely felt a little bit more confident in, you know, how it was going to go. But, um, you know, winning is never easy, though, and you never take it for granted. So um, it feels really good to do that back to back. And um, we have a lot, you know, more season to go. So we're really excited about where we're at right now.
0: And to be ranked 16th nationally against some pretty good teams out there and, and second in the region. I mean, that's that's unheard of for a lot of so-called mid-major schools. Mm hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's the great thing about this sport, um, particularly cross country, even track and field, um, you know, the little guy really can compete at this level, you know, if you, I think got the right, you know, support and, you know, staff in place and just, you know, able to recruit the right kind of athletes to where you are and, and to your culture, it just kind of speaks to just, you know, this success is, is kind of what, you know, if you can envision it and execute it, um. I really believed in what Toledo could do from the moment, you know, this job kind of came on as a possibility for me. Um, and and I knew that the history, I knew the success that this program had, had you know, years back. And, and I just really believed that we had all the tools and all the pieces we needed in order to compete against Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State and, and beat those teams. And we're proving that you really can do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys have, or ladies, I'm sorry, have fared very well this season being ranked in the top fifth, you know, top 20 for a good part of the season. Talk a little bit about the difference between this year's team and last year's team. We've looked through your roster. You've got a lot of, uh, a good mixture of upperclassmen and underclassmen. Uh, You know, you've got five out of your ten or top five of your, your, uh, runners were in the top 10 in the Mac championships. And that doesn't happen a whole lot. Uh, you, you, had all five scorers, you know, coming in strong, uh, talk a little bit about the differences in what this team has that last year's team didn't have.
3: I mean, I think the biggest thing right out of the get go, um, that, that springs to mind right away is experience. Um, last year, you know, this was the first time any of these athletes had ever been in these situations um, particularly our first time competing at Notre Dame, uh, you know, against you got Alabama, you got NC state, you got some of the best historical women's programs in the country. And, uh, yeah, you bet they they had some butterflies, you know, and we talked about it going in like, you know, Hey, let's not fangirl too much, you know, with <laughs> some of these, you know, uh, teams and athletes you've seen. And so we really talked about, you know, I took that phrase, you know, from a great book I've read, um, that we were working on learning to go from good to great. Um, And so that was a really important experience and and step for us in the process. We returned virtually that entire lineup. um, And and I think you can really see the difference, right, just um, in the results, obviously, but from my perspective, just the poise and maturity and and a little bit of that kind of, you know, having been there before. Um, so that's been great. Last year, I was the only one, you know, the coach, that right. ever, you know, mm-hmm. been in those situations. So, yeah, we just talked a lot about learning how to go from good to great. So,
2: coach, you know, um, running is a very individualized sport in a sense um, and, and cross country kind of brings in a team aspect to it because, you know, you need a top five runners. Um, what are you doing? Um in, in reality, you know, you've shown a big difference between yourself and the last coach or last coaches. Um What are you doing to really get these girls amped up or get them confident to really make this mark where you guys are just dominating the Mac in a sense?
3: Um, I, I think it's just about um, maybe just my style and and the way I kind of connect to these uh, athletes. Now, you know, I, I call myself or consider myself kind of an in the trenches kind of coach, you know, I'm, you know, not just coming with a stopwatch and a clipboard and and giving them workouts and and peace. Now, (laughs) you know, I'm like, I'm, you know, a lot of times we're just hanging out after practice. We do a lot of stuff at my home with my family. We're doing a lot of, you know, barbecues and fire pits. And I just really enjoy being around them. And, um, and I think just knowing what makes them tick. And I always say this, that I, you know, want to get to a place with all these athletes that when they walk in the facility, I can, I can tell if something's wrong. Um, I can just tell by, you know, the body language and the interactions if, if, you know, um, something's going on and, and things outside of practice and just in life and, and all those things affect, you know, how they compete as athletes. So I think just taking a holistic approach to who they are as young people, not just as athletes is really, really helpful And developing that relationship where they know that I trust them and they trust me and, um and just keeping it fun. Like I I'm saying all over and over again, like, you know, at the end of the day, we're not curing cancer, you know, um, we're just running <laughs> in circles, you know, literally. So Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Like we try to keep that balance of like, believe me, nobody wants to win any more than I do. Um, You know, and I tell them like, I, and I, I'd like to believe, you know, I have a pretty good resume in terms of, I know what that looks like and feels like. And if we forget that this is supposed to be fun, you know, it's sports at the end of the day. Um, You know, so we, we keep, we talk about all those things and we reflect and we revisit, you know, our culture and our values. And are we, are we the things we, you know, are we really the things we say that we want to be? And I don't know. I think I just connect really well maybe you know especially coaching women as a female um you know that piece obviously I, I coach the men too in some capacity but my assistant is the lead there um i think that's important strong you know leadership strong female leadership with with female athletes um, has also been a, a an important thing in my opinion
0: yeah, yeah coach my uh three daughters ran high school and one daughter my oldest mm-hmm. ran division three level and One thing I've always noticed about the girls on the team, there's not a whole lot of drama with cross country. Mm -mm. They're all good students. They're all coachable. Is that kind of what you look for when you're out recruiting?
3: Yeah, we talk a lot about like, first and foremost, um, we use this phrase like, it's important that you're just a good human. You know, that that's the quality that that comes first. Like, yeah, what what kind of teammate will you be? You know, um, not everybody can be the star, right? Not everybody can be the number one runner, two, three, four. Um, So we just want to make sure we're creating an environment where people feel like they um, are contributing to the success in some way, shape, or form. Um, My first athletic director, when I was at UConn, he said to me one time, I believe that every single person we bring into our organization is either going to make us better or make us worse. You know, what will you do? And um, it really (laughs) stuck with me. It was super impactful. And I evaluate all of our recruits from that same lens. It took me a while to realize just how important that, you know, perspective and statement was. But now I I see so many things through that lens. Um, just like, hey, every single, you know, new athlete we bring into our program in some way, shape, or form is gonna make our better, make us better or make us worse. And that is in all kinds of intangibles, right? Attitude, effort, mm-hmm. you know, uh in the classroom. Those are the things that are in the end gonna affect us as more that as more better or more importantly than, than even just their results. If if that makes sense.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you've got a good handle on it. I mean, you you look at your roster and you've got people, you've got women, women from all over the nation and international students mm -hmm. as well.
2: It sounds like they're a big family.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we, we, we've talked with a lot of the uh, coaches on the men's football team and talking about whether or not they have uh, leaned on the transfer portal. I notice you, you do have a few transfers on your on your uh, roster, but it, is that something you look to, or is, it, or is it just a matter of developing the type of athlete, student-athlete that you want to have in your program?
3: Um, you know, we have a, a couple of transfers. One pretty impactful transfer um, in Lutois, sure. um, yes. who, who came to us from Eastern Kentucky, is from France. Um, I myself was sort of a quasi-international student athlete. I'm from Canada, I don't know if that counts. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> up in Manitoba. Yeah. Oh, yeah right. We did notice we
0: did notice you said said organization along with uh, above. <laughs> uh, <both. a> boot. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, of- I
3: I I definitely refer, you know, I, I have a lot of, of that terminology, but so she's been been important. But you know, the the truth is I, I don't think the transfer market, at least up till now, has been um you know, as lucrative for us, I guess, in some ways as it is for other yeah. places. So athlete development is, is gonna be a key to our success. Um, now I think that may change a little bit with the success we're having now, right? Um all of right, a sudden right. all of a sudden Toledo's a little bit sexier, you know, of a, a destination, right. you know, than it might have been. But so we, we're gonna have to do both. We're we're gonna find the right transfer that's leaving for the, you know, make sure it's for the right reasons and that they actually fit into our culture, into our program and then development's going to be everything just like the binding twins who grew up, you know, over there in old orchard. Um,
2: right. Yeah.
3: That's, that's going to be the key. I think at the end of the day to our success,
2: we kind of touched a little bit about, um, you know, your roster and, you know, family and all that. So let's talk a little bit about, um, so you, you're bringing a lot of girls in from uh, different areas and you said yourself, you know, you were kind of from uh, out of the States. Um, your number one runner joy, she's from Kenya. Um, like I, How are you finding these type of uh, female athletes that are just, you know, top notch and they are bringing us a lot of good?
3: Yeah, I mean, um, with Joy Churcher, who is our young lady who came directly from Kenya, uh, we actually have some connections, both Nick Stenoff, my assistant and I. Um, When I was at Iowa State, we had a number of Kenyan athletes. There was a strong tradition there. Um, And just kind of maintaining relationships with, with some of them who were really successful. Edward Kenboy is one. He was an NCAA champion while at Iowa state. Um, He's back home. We just kind of reaching out to, you know, these, these connections that we have and establishing relationships. And, you know, uh, again, they, they trust us, we trust them. Um, And so we're just kind of communicating about what we're looking for. And, and it's a leap of faith for, on both of our parts, you know, Um, and we've just so far gotten really lucky.
2: That's super awesome.
1: Yeah. That's, That's amazing. And now before we get to your your upcoming meet next Friday, let's talk a little bit about your background. You touched it on the fact that you're from Manitoba. Uh, Let's talk about the different programs that you've been with and the differences that you've seen in the different programs you've been with and and what led you to, I mean, to Toledo. I mean, you were in the ACC, you were, uh, you know, in the Big 12. Uh, Talk a little bit about program comparisons and what led you to the point to come to Toledo
3: um yeah I mean I started my coaching career at the University of Connecticut back in that was at 2008 I had been running as a professional runner for a long time so it's a little bit of an unconventional you know kind of I guess entry point in that I was older you know I was 35 years old when I got my first college coaching job um and that was also before conference realignment had really become a thing. Uh, the old Big East back then, by the way, was a fantastic conference. I mean, we had Georgetown, Louisville, Syracuse, West Virginia, oh, yeah. uh, Villanova. You know, so it was really really fun. Um, and you know, I always joke, but it's true. Like I got the job because the team was so bad. (laughs) they were a little bit, you know, to be honest, they were a little bit desperate. So, um, they talked. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my husband said to me, look, at the end of the day, here's the good news. You can't make them any worse. (laughs) But, you know, it was a super deep, super competitive women's distance conference. I was responsible for the women's distance runners there. And, you know, we, we turned that program, you know, into a top 10 program in the NCA. We were eighth in the NCAA championships my last year after five years. Um, and we were, you know, when I got there, we were 12th um, out of or 14, I think out of 16 teams. So, um, so anyway, that was really fun and a really great experience. And from that I ended up taking the job at Iowa state. Iowa state was a little bit of a different animal in that um, now we were starting to see conference realignment at that point too, but, Iowa State had already a really successful, established women's program, and, um, you know, so I was really trying not to screw it up. T- to be honest, they'd had, um, you know, they'd had a women's team that had been ranked inside the top 10 a number of times, but just hadn't seemed to be able to kind of, you know, I guess get over the finish line and, and actually finish in the top 10 at the NCAA championship, so um is a really fun experience. We managed, you know, to be NCAA runners up in 2014. Just missed m- winning a national championship, but, um, but, um, you know, I I was still an assistant. I was a head cross country coach, but an assistant. you uh, UNC and Chapel Hill offered me an opportunity to coach the men for the first time in my career. Um, so that was really kind of uh, the catalyst for for making that move. Um, I absolutely loved that year and that experience coaching the men. Unfortunately, it was a a short, you know, a short stint. Um, My boss at the time, the director of the program, did not get his contract renewed. And so there was a lot of shuffling and kind of led to this crossroads in terms of like, what do I want out of my career now? And and what's, you know, kind of the next move? And that kind of led me to Toledo. And this, again, like I spoke about earlier, I knew about the success historically that the program had had. Um, I knew that coach. I still know that coach, um, and I felt like it was just time for me to lead my own program. And um, I just was like, didn't really want to be, you know, if I was going to die, I wanted to die my own sword, sort of thing, you know. If I was going to get right, fired, yeah. it was going to be, you know, because of me. And uh, it just felt like the right time. And I, you know, came out and, and looked at Toledo and, and met with Michael Bryan, the athletic director at the time, and, and Kelly Andrews, you know, uh, the senior women's administrator. I just loved what they had to say. Um, I really clicked with Michael Bryan, and um, I I just bet on myself in a way and on Toledo um, that we could partner, you know, and, and that we could do some really great things. And I feel pretty good about where we're at now and on that decision.
0: Okay, Coach, uh, a week from tomorrow, you head out to Terre Haute for the Great Lakes Regional. And that's a great course. Uh, my daughter, like I said, ran at Capital. Saw her run a regional meet out there. It's a course that's meant for cross country. They've held NCAA championships there. What do you know about the course and uh, how excited are the girls and guys, uh, any guys that are going uh, to be going out there?
3: Um, We're really looking forward to it. We feel really good about the fact we decided to drive all the way out there early season um, and and take a look at the course and preview the course, both our men and women. Um, We're in a great place. Um, Yeah. There's so much tradition there. I've had great success there as a coach with other programs. So I feel good about it. I can't tell you, I think it's going to be an absolute dogfight. Notre Dame is for sure the favorite, but between us coming in at number two in that region, you know, Michigan state, Michigan, Washington, Ohio state, we are all really close. Literally any of us could be second on the day or sixth on the day. Um, so it's going to be a tight, you know, a tight competition. Um, I'm hoping for the weather to hold up cause it's been incredible. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a bit nerve wracking and it's our opportunity to punch our ticket to the national championship.
1: Oh yeah, that's a that that would be awesome. And for those of uh, our listeners out there that don't understand the process with cross country, just because they haven't been involved with it, what what will it take for you to get to the next level in the NCAA championships?
3: So there are nine regions in the country. We're in the Great Lakes region. The top two teams are automatically selected into the national championships, and then from there, it's a little bit like basketball. We're going to get at large bursts. Uh, bids into the championship kind of based on head-to-head wins. Uh, We are really, really lucky that, you know, our women's side um, got a lot of wins at the Nutty Invitational at the University of Wisconsin. We're in a really, we're in really good shape there. Um, You know, so I feel really good about the chances of us getting a a bid into the meet as long as we don't fall any further down than sixth.
1: Right. Yeah. It it seems like you're in a good spot. I mean, you've got the, the high national rankings, you performed really well in early meets and, and continued all season long. So I think as far as the at-large thing, if it even comes down to that, you know, I think you're, yeah, I agree. You're in great shape.
0: Well, coach,
3: We'd we certainly promised- prefer, Oh, sorry about that. I was going to say we'd no, prefer yeah. to control our own destiny, but we'll right. see that
0: it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we promised you 15 to 20 minutes and we're getting up to 19. So we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to join us. This was a, uh, very, we're honored to have had you on and uh, best of luck coming up at the Great
3: Lakes. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm sure that cross-country is probably new to a lot of your, your listeners. So thanks for having me. I'll take any opportunity I can to promote our program. Ab-
1: absolutely. And anything absolutely. We, do, we can do to help promote your program, we're all about it. So mm-hmm. the last thing I think we need to say is TOL.
3: EDO. <laughs> EDO. Love it. <laughs> thanks, guys.
0: Awesome to have Coach Grove McDonough on. Just a, a person talking to her for the first time tonight. You just can't help but root for her.
1: Absolutely. Consummate professional. Uh, she's been all around the country, and it seems like she's found a nice home to settle in here with the University of Toledo. So we wish her nothing but the best next week in the NCAA Great Lakes Regional and further on into the NCAA Championships.
0: We're going to get some people there. Hope it's a whole team. Not. Nah, we'll get, hopefully... <laughs> joy Churcher there
1: at least one or two runners there yeah. that'd be great
0: all right let's move on to the football portion of the program the and of course ball. we gotta before we look ahead to ball state tomorrow night or i'm stopped she's where am i talking tuesday night i'm just i'm trying to get things going i'm ready for it to happen you know
1: <laughs> for those of you listening next monday
0: yeah next monday <laughs> if, when you're listening to this on monday the 7th tomorrow night when toledo plays ball state let's talk about that eastern michigan game Rockets go up to that shithole of a stadium. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to just get this off my chest. First of all, the
1: factory is a dump.
0: It's a factory. In fact, I've seen some factories nicer than that.
1: A lot of I, factories. In fact, a lot of factories have open concession stands. No, they, that's right.
0: They did not. So, None. yeah. So we are uh, sitting on the visitor side. They only have bathrooms open. Can't have any. There's no food over there, no beer. So, Zach and I took care of that at halftime. Yeah. We went out and brought our own in. So, hopefully, uh, Statute of limitations
1: Nothing passed. illegal. No, no. no. Yeah.
2: Hey, they didn't pat us down. We're taking it in. I mean, before that, I had to go over there and get um, a handful of beers. And well, food. and
1: I think Ryan told me a story where it took him 10 minutes just to go over and get a pizza, and yeah. and had to walk it all the way back, and he missed half the quarter.
2: I mean, I ate three <laughs> slices out of that pizza. <laughs> that was good stuff. That was great
1: pizza.
0: But anyways, but how about
1: the action on the field, guys, oh, since yeah. I wasn't there?
0: You know what? Yeah, you couldn't make it. You were at a wedding in Indiana. <laughs> That's uh, right. had a good time, but hey. Um just Zach and I were talking on the way over here. If you were a, a fan of neither team, just just a football fan and wanted to sit down and watch an entertaining game, that was for you.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Heart stopping action. Oh uh, man,
2: it was I was a it, it was like a a bloodbath in a sense where it was a medium defense, medium offense game. There was no high scoring offense, there was no outstanding defense, it was just a shot for shot kind of game.
1: And I think that's evident in the in the two Mac West players of the week this week, which would be Max and Hooks on defense, mm-hmm. Maxim Hook, rather on defense, and Tucker Gleason on offense. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Sue and I were watching the game down in Indiana, uh, and, and we weren't completely focused on it the entire time, but. What we saw from
2: Tucker Gleason was pretty damn impressive. Man, he came out, and I, we talked a little bit about it on the last podcast. He came out, man, and he did what he had to do. That man came out, and he, he lit up the... Uh, the sc- he lit up the factory, and he yeah he did. And um, the stats might not show how well he did because there was a lot of drop balls from receivers. Yeah, there were
1: early first half mm-hmm. definitely.
2: But he was throwing the dime, man. They
1: were on point. That's one mm-hmm. of the things that Sue pointed out. She's like, damn for for a backup coming, and he's dropping them right where they need oh, to be. And he they was were putting them in
0: the breadbasket. Fifteen yeah. to twenty-seven, two hundred thirty-eight yards, three touchdowns and one sack, and that's a good. Good way to get yourself nominated yeah. and win Mac West
2: players. Exactly. He killed it. And then let's go over to Maxim Hook, man. Oh, what a coming great game. back from an injury. You know, we haven't seen much of Hook. Um, he might have played last week. Did he? Did he play last week? Uh, no, this is no first,
1: first action first, back. You know first first He did. He back. did play
2: a little of Buffalo. Yeah,
0: but I mean, he really made his presence felt. He had uh, thirteen total tackles, including the game-winning
2: interception. The game-winning, and his parents were sitting right behind us, and his mother bull rushed right down the bleachers, and gave me a – I almost fell over. She just hugged me up, and she was so excited. And great parents. That's and, that's where Maxson gets his tackling ability. Oh, my God. From his mom. She, from his mom. Amy dude, can she can light him up. She was awesome. But, but yeah, yeah, that that game-winning interception that sealed the deal was just electrifying.
0: Yes, he also had a tackle for loss. So, I mean, talk about a great day for the pride of East Palestine, Indiana, Maxson Hook. But, you know, you go back to this game – you know, uh, Rockets were down 17-10 at halftime mm-hmm. and tied it at 17. Then they fell into a 24-17 hole. And, you know, Lucas Pollock was – the, uh, the uh, Iron Man of the week, the yeah. Iron Workers Local 55, Iron Man of the week. Man, well, he he's was. one of my clients too, so I thought I'd give him a shout out. Who was uh, the, uh, Pollock? Pollock. Uh, the, co- the kicker, the kicker. Yeah, he, uh, he filled
2: in for Clucky because Clucky. Yeah, uh, that,
1: that's one of the things Clucky we got, got injured
2: on the opening kickoff. Yeah, we were yeah. watching the game and we saw the open kickoff, and then the next time, extra pointer field goal. I'm like. Why is Pollock out there? So I was talking to Clucky's dad a little bit, and um, it sounds like Clucky got shoved off the field a little bit, and they have a track around their field. Well, it sounds like Clucky slid and busted up his leg, his uh, off leg, Not kick
1: oh, his play yeah. leg.
0: Yeah, well, we we saw him walking in with the trainers, and uh, he was taped up. Zach Zach was hoping he just had to go take a dump.
1: You and know, I was- <laughs> said
2: he's walking like he has to take a dump, dude. But, um, no, it sounds yeah. like he scraped up his uh, plant leg pretty good on the track.
1: Yeah, so it would have been nice if Pollock could have could have been uh, strong enough to sway the voters to have a complete sweep. So we would have had the offensive player, the defensive player in the West, and the special teams player in the West. But, unfortunately, he didn't get the nod. I mean, he did great.
2: Yeah,
0: Pollock, yeah. yeah, he was great. Uh had a couple field goals, made all his extra points for a guy who uh, – really hasn't kicked a whole lot, if if any. No,
2: he came out and he lit it up. So, yeah, a great win.
0: Rockets uh, controlled their own destiny in the MAC West. They're now 4-1 in the conference, 6-3 overall. And that sets up a big one this weekend against Ball State, who is coming off a win and is not going to be an easy task.
1: No, 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 they're not. Uh, One of the things I just wanted to follow up with the last game is Tucker Gleason Redshirt, Redshirt freshman, right? Mm. Or is he a sophomore now? Uh, anyway, transferred from Georgia Tech, came into this game with not a lot of action. Couple, couple games this season. Played two, but he was clutch in the fourth quarter on that drive. Oh my God. To come back and complete, complete the comeback win. You know, great. he he dropped the, those last two passes right where they needed to be. Mm. No one else could get to him, and yeah. our receivers did a great job. Yeah. I, I I thought his. Not just his physical ability, but his mental acuity to keep himself focused and just to be so strong on that last drive.
2: Redshirt freshman, you're correct. He even had a couple of rushing yards, I think. Yeah, Checked well, it and it's
1: eye. not surprising the kid had a thousand yards rushing as his high school senior. I'm, I'm
2: pretty sure he took it for a first down. Yeah, um,
1: he. I think he had a 17 yard gain, I believe, yeah. during the game. So he was
2: great, you know, and coming off the bench like that um, behind Finn. Yeah, he he really was. He was putting it in the bread basket. And he, he's a, a big dude. He's not a small yeah, guy. He,
1: no, he's not at all. And I think it, 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 the good thing is about it, it gives fans, coaches, players a, a, a peace of mind that, hey, mm-hmm. we got a guy that can back Finn up if he gets hurt again. Yeah.
2: And um, I don't know if we'll see Finn um, next week. I, I don't think we will. So I think... You mean, yeah, on I, Tuesday? Yeah, I yeah. think I think Tucker's going to be our guy again. And I think, you know, seeing how he played last week at... Uh, EMU, I am pretty confident coming into Ball State that he's going to do the same thing.
1: Well, let's take a look at that Ball State game. I mean, yeah. we've got
2: the Rockets are six and
1: three. The, the Ball State Cardinals are five and four, three and two in the MAC. Uh, they're having kind of an up and down year. Uh, they they came into this game and like Ryan said, they're coming off of a win.
0: And talk a little bit about that, Ryan. I knew you were going to say that let me pull it up here but yeah they uh I, I do have it here believe it or not so yeah normally we're prepared but uh, this, you could have fooled us anyway yeah they beat kent state just the other night 27 uh, 20 at kent state so um nice victory for them and you know um like you said that puts them at 5 and 4 overall 3 and 2 in the mac and right behind us in the mac west standing. so you know Every game from here on out, at least this game here is a must win. We win this game, we pretty much control our own destiny. Although he got he got BG looming in Western Michigan. Whoa, whoa, what's whoa. happened to them? Whoa, we, whoa, whoa,
1: yeah, we do we do control our own destiny. And last night Bowling Green put put a hurt on Western Michigan. Uh, so Western comes into this game, or I'm sorry, BG comes into that game with UT in a, in a few weeks, and they're four and one in the back. I, I don't mean,
2: know why we're talking about it. There's no option
1: but they're, to win. They're four and one in the MAC. I'm just saying you can't take them lightly. You can't
2: take them lightly, but
1: this is BG you were talking about. And this it's is, also a rivalry game, which they're going to get up for just as much as the Rockets. This is a team down south. I, know, I don't know it why is it, it, no, the No, it's BG. not even that team. It's that, it's that pile
2: down south. It yeah, is. The tractor capital. You know, here's the thing. BG, they're doing good. I didn't even know why I said that. But they're doing good. But here's the thing. They can't beat us. Oh, okay. I they they can't. Gonna, uh, I'll call my prediction right d- d- now. <laughs> I hope you're right.
1: Hey. Right. Call it out now. Why not? Right
2: it? now. All right. You want to hear it? That's for, uh, that's for that's for next podcast, but remember, when we come back. I'm, no, I'll say it again, we're, too. We're going to have
1: this on file.
2: Give the people what they want. Dude, it's
1: gonna <laughs> <laughs> going to be 38-7. All right. Dude, I like it. EDO. EDO. <laughs>
2: Dude, BG, I don't care about them. They're orange and Brown. Terrible. Now colors. watch your your future brother in law is a BG basketball. You know what? Player. I don't care about him much either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so with, with, That's that, a swell kid. with
1: that game in Ipsilani, uh, the Rockets became bowl eligible. They are six and one, or six and three, rather. Sorry. And ball they you know Toledo leads a series against Ball State twenty five to twenty one in one tie. Uh, the Rockets won in Muncie last season, so they're coming back to our place with a little bit of revenge on their mind. But literally, when you look at it, I, I, I don't see Ball State matching up with with, no. with us athletically. Our defense is so strong. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Gant leads the team with 8.8 tackles a game. He's ninth mm-hmm. in the MAC. He's, he's an 39th animal. in the
2: country. He's a handful. He's a handful. An
1: he's a handful Dude. And he's not even the best player on our defense. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs>
2: I just gotta... I gotta throw a quick shout out there to my brother, Adrian Wolver. He started last week, made an impact. I worked with him all summer. Great kid. But he killed it at EMU. Killed it. Yeah. He was a monster, dude. He was all over the place. Oh, yeah. I... I just to throw that shout-out yes. And Adam Beal had a decent game. Adam Beal, he muffed a punt. He right, right. And, he but he, he kind of punt. made up
1: for it later, had a yeah. decent
2: return. Yeah. He
1: actually was in on a pass play, I believe, too. I think he might have been, yeah. Mm. You so, know, I, uh, if,
0: for all your Adam Beal knowledge and, and notes, this is the podcast to tune to.
1: Yeah, it is exactly. <laughs> he gets mentioned here more than anywhere in the you nation. You know what? Parents I don't even mention this much.
2: I love Adam Beal. Right. I love Adam
1: Beale. So coming out of the closet, professing his love for Adam Beale, <laughs> exactly how <laughs> I had
2: you Adam. know Adam, if you're listening out there, Adam, if you're listening. Will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it right here. An on-air proposal. On air proposal. <laughs> how about that? So yeah, you know, well, another neat Ball thing State.
0: about this game coming up against Ball State. Be the first Maxion game on ESPN, not ESPN 2. Not the Ocho? Not the Ocho, or, not the or Cinco. Pl- or
1: Plus, or, or 3. Or uh, Telemundo. It'll we're be the first Maxion game since ESPN.
0: 2001 when the Rockets beat Western Michigan 41 36. Remember that game like it was yesterday because that yeah, was I year we two. finished in the. Yeah, you were one year old. Eh? Not <laughs> even one. No. There was the first, uh, well, the last, the Rockets finished that season ranked in the top 25. That was the year they killed Minnesota, finished 10 and 2. But I remember that was the only game I could get to because I was doing sports down in Dayton. Came up to your place, and your dad and I, we'd get over to UT. He said he forgot the tickets. So we had to turn around all the way, come back to Holland and get them. I'll never forget that. He was so mad, but. (laughs) I bet he was. But uh, we still had a great time. It was (laughs) nice to see the Rockets get a win. In fact, (laughs) Uh, the last time they were on ESPN, I, re- I read this. Uh, Dan Savage, we're going to give him a shout-out on Twitter, was uh, 2014 when Missouri came in. So it's mm. been eight years since we've been on the regular the, – the mothership, as they call it. So
1: so coming into this game, I, myself, I feel fairly mm-hmm. confident in the offense and what we've got going on. Uh, Jack West Stewart performing really well. Dude. Penny Boone's there to spell mm-hmm. him when he needs mm-hmm. to. Uh Look at Tucker Gleason. He's a more than adequate uh, mm-hmm. substitute or, or, or backup for DeQuan Finn. And the O-line is finally meshing, which and, is helping, to, you yeah. know, de- um, Tucker, S-
2: Stewart and Sh- Tucker. Shout
0: out to Mike Hallett, friend of the show.
2: Exactly. Former yeah, that guest. O-line, I've talked about it all season, the O line, you know, being it, family, being brothers. And it's just taking time. I think, you know, with Burb returning, um, you know, you got a, a, a big guy up there that knows the spots. I think we're looking at brothership right now. We're looking yeah. at guys who are down for the play. Well,
1: and you look at you look across the line at the defense and, and look what Dallas Gantt done. We talked a little bit about that. Jamal Hines. Jamal Hines. He's a beast. He, he's got 43 tackles for loss, ranking him fifth in the nation.
2: Hey, don't forget about my man Juan. is
1: Jones. a stud linebacker. Dude, and then you got Maxim Hook. In the yeah, Maxim Max Hook. Dude, he's got thir- he had 13 tackles.
2: 13 tackles. As a, what is it, safety? Yep. Yeah. Oh my god. But
1: they're bringing him up to the line. Oh, they're yeah. bringing him up to the line. They they're giving him kind of a almost a Troy Polamalu kind of mm-hmm. kind of freedom well, in that he in, in He yeah, he's seen got the hair. he's got the hair. He's working on it.
0: He's working on it. Yeah, I mean, I think his mom's jealous of hair, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I his jealous of this hair. So. <laughs> this is the maximum hour love. Well, and that's not forget about love in that last game
1: Deontay Johnson had 10 tackles, a sack, and it's the third game where he's had at least 10 tackles in a game. So th- th- you're you're looking at what I predicted as of in season was going to be a top 20 defense in the nation. And I think it's coming to fruition. Well, they held
0: uh, EMU to 2.6 yards of carry, which uh, <clears> is not shabby at all. 4.1 yards per pass attempt. So,
1: And we look at what Ball State. Getting hot at the right time. What does Ball State bring to the table?
2: Mm, not a whole They'd lot. Dave Letterman's all about her? Yeah. <laughs> if you-, you know, Pat, <laughs> Ball that- State doesn't bring a whole lot, in my opinion. I think what happened with Ball State is they played some teams. Um, and, and not saying they got lucky cause they're a good team, but I think they just got the upper hand. Whereas UT, I think they're going to come to our house. They're going to, all right, we got this. And I think UT is going to steamroll them, man. I think we're going to put our mark down because our players know, Hey, this is, this is the Mac right now. Do you want it or do you not?
1: No, I think, I think the coaches have made that clear, uh, to, to the players, the last two weeks, for sure. You know, every game is a must-win when it's,
2: it's a must win when it's predicated situation. on
1: the fact that you you will control your own destiny if you win this yeah. game. And I think every game out from here on out, obviously, is is the same situation, the same scenario. Um, you know, and just because Ball State has been kind of like our bitch the last few years, with the exception of a couple games. They they can't take them lightly.
0: Yeah, no, I mean they've been known to upset us at that 2001 year. We lost out there. 2001, Ryan, That's 21 years. Yeah, but I was alive. I'm just I'm just I'm just looking at their history. I mean, we were 21 years. We were ranked in the top 20, 25, and they knocked us off. Same way as back in
2: 1997, way before you were born. That's 22 years. You know what?
0: They just have our numbers sometimes. So
2: you know they might, but we're at home. And I just don't think they have our number this year. Here's my I thing. hope. You're right. You know who I'm scared of? Western. I think. I think we'll take Ball State on. We'll beat them. We'll beat BG. We're going to steamroll BG. But We've I'm scared that. of Western because we're going to go into that game like, hey, we just beat BG, who beat Western. Oh, no problem. I think Western's going to show up to play because they got something to they, prove. And they have nothing to lose. No. Here's an interesting little little tidbit.
0: Not, and it's and it's this year. Not. Twenty years ago, you sure? Just FYI. So, uh, Ball State beat UConn this year. No big deal, but UConn beat Boston College. I mean, just just kind of weird how that all shakes down. UConn is not the team that went to the uh, BCS Bowl with the Fiesta Bowl. Was that? We're 9, not talking 2005?
1: about UConn's <laughs> women's basketball. Yeah. So, but we look at we look at Ball State this season. They went into Eastern. They they hosted Eastern. Eastern came into their place and beat them twenty to sixteen. Yeah. And we turn around and beat uh, Eastern. Yeah,
0: their shit place. At, the, at their, the their
1: their dump of a stadium. Sh- anyway, sorry sorry humbling. to Haas um, if he listens to this. Oh, about, that's right. We're, we're not crapping on your university. No, just, their on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just their stadium. Yeah, yeah. Just
0: their stadium. And it could be
2: nice if uh, they all pull, right, pulled guys. some weeds and fixed their concrete. And, and, yeah, fixed it All right. I think we're getting to that time where we make our predictions. All right. Should we go uh, youngest first? Oh, 100%, dude. And make sure you say it right this time. I'm I'm not going to. (laughs) (laughs) So so Ball State comes to UT at the glass bowl. I'm thinking, I don't think Ball State's defense is going to hold our offense. I'm going to predict 31-14.
0: You said it right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) University of (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, now the next oldest would be me.
2: That would be you. <laughs> <laughs> I looked
0: over at him just to do, take you a to little rock,
2: dig. on the date.
1: He, He's just getting a dig in because that's old. right. That's right.
0: I remember. I think I might have said this old. in the podcast. He had his. Uh, he had my graduation party at his house, and I remember. Man, that guy's 25. What an old bastard. I was only 22. Spry and young. Yeah. Had all my hair
2: yet. For your grad party?
0: So uh, I am going... How
1: times have changed.
0: That's right. <laughs> you have more hair than I do. At least I have the hair on my back. I'll, yeah, I'll right, We're transplant. not counting back and chest. So. Oh, okay. Oh, I got your ass kicked there, too. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be a good one. I'm going to say Rockets Prevail 24-17. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm am, wrong. I hope you're more right than I am. I'm going to be
1: right, dude. Okay. I am going to go with a rocket victory, uh, and I'm I'm calling for a butt whipping. Oh. I'm, I'm looking at yep. Yep. 42 to 10. 40. Ball wow. State will rue the day they came into the glass bowl on a, t- right. on a Tuesday I on ESPN. I love
2: that. I love that. Woo!
1: That's my first game of the year. I've predicted that's going to be a blowout. I just got a feeling. I mean, looking at Ball State's record, they've given up a lot of points. Dude, they can't and handle us. If you've got, we—I don't care if we got Tucker, we got, we got DeQuan behind that offense. We're going to score some dude, points. And our Tucker, defense, our defense is
2: peaking. Dude, Tucker's yeah. going to fucking light it up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to
0: earmuffs, earmuffs.
2: Anyway, so I think wait, Kyle you are you, you
0: got a.
1: Yeah, we got to get to Kyle's. He's, his yeah. intrinsic and very detailed prediction. Right. Pause for suspense. Toledo. <laughs> All right. There you go. There we go. <laughs> I'll take
0: it. All right. Uh, thanks. Special thanks to our guest, Andrea Grove McDonough, for joining us tonight, the uh, head track and women's coach uh, and men's coach for cross country.
2: Assistant coach. That's right. Yeah, and. I'm sure
0: What's that? Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year. Matt, Coach of the Year. That's the biggest thing. That's yeah, it. congrats.
1: And how about how about let's take a look to next week when they go to the Great Lakes uh, Regional and the only other team that is ranked higher than them is Notre Dame. Notre Dame. And they're one, Toledo's two. She could come out of that regional being the Regional Coach of the Year. She could. Yes, that'd be awesome. She so may. Good luck she to might. the Lady Rockets. Good luck to the Lady Rockets and the Men's uh, Rockets as the they compete in, in the uh, – Great Lakes Regional next week. And we've given our thoughts on UT football. So we hope to see everyone there at the Glass Bowl on Tuesday night. Stop by the bus. We're all going to be there. there. So y'all better show up. All right,
0: do you want me to do the on behalf of? On the. Do or do you, you want to do it? You
1: Hopefully. do the. Uh, you haven't even talked about Highland Appliance yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, my God.
0: So, yeah, it. this uh, show brought to you by Highland Appliance, everything you've never expected from an appliance store.
1: <laughs> and our Max and Hook, or our sorry, our sorry, Highland Appliance player <laughs> of the game would be Max and Hook.
0: That's right. Game winning interception. 13 total tackles. Let's give it to him. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that being said. On behalf of engineer, producer extraordinaire Kyle W. Smith, I'm Rocket Ryan Brandt.
2: I am PJ Spiller, a.k.a. Pat Julek. And I am Zach from the Mac Sticks. Pow, hi there. T-L-L-E-D-O.